Hey friends, this is Pastor Brian Worth. Thanks for listening to my latest sermon. Get more of my teachings on YouTube at Chapel of Change TV and tune in every Sunday on the radio on 99.5 FM for fresh hope. Amen, amen. Let's turn to the Word of God uh, together in Psalms chapter 1, verses 2 through 3. When everybody's there, say amen. amen. Hear the word of the Lord. It says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree. Someone say tree. Planted by the rivers of water. So if you have your Bible, I would circle the word tree. I would circle the word planted. And I would circle the phrase rivers of water. Those are key words right there. Tree, planted, and the phrase rivers of water. That brings forth its fruit in its season. Someone say season. How many of you know that God is a God of seasons? How many believe that God is a God of seasons? And that there's, there's many seasons to our life. There's a season where God is planting new seeds in our life. There's a season where God is watering the seed in our life. There's a season where God is cultivating the ground in our life. There's a season when we're growing in the Lord. And we learned a couple months ago that there's a season of pruning. Anybody remember that? There's a season where God cuts off uh, excess growth in our life. Things that are not necessarily evil, but they're not working for you. They're not helping you. They're kind of holding down. That sometimes we go through a season of pruning where he cuts off relationships from us. Listen, don't run to that guy if God is trying to cut off that guy from your life. Don't run to that girl if God is trying to cut that girl uh, off of your life. Don't run to that opportunity if God is trying to cut out that opportunity in your life. There is a season of pruning. And I learned about uh, seasons that there's two things you got to consider. Is Number one, never despise the season you're in. Never despise the season you're in. You may be in a season of pruning right now. Don't get mad at God. Worship God. Praise God. Don't despise the season you're in. You may be in a, a season where God is planting new seeds in your life. You know you cannot experience a new harvest if you don't allow God to plant new seeds in your life. Some of you are, are asking God to do some new work in your life, but you're not allowing him to plant new seed in your life. The only way you're going to get a new harvest is if new seed come into your life. So don't despise the season that you're in. And here's the last thing I'll share. Don't despise the season someone else is in. Don't, don't be envious of the season that someone else is in. If you see someone in the season of getting blessed, don't be envious of that. Praise God for that blessing. Thank God that he allowed you to see someone else get blessed because maybe that's a sign from God that he wants to do something similar in your life. You know, sometimes you got to see it before you have it. Sometimes you got to see it before you experience it, right? Law of vision. And so don't despise someone else's season. Let's go back to the word of God. It says that bring forth its fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither. Someone say wither. That means God doesn't want you to live a dry life. Your Christianity shouldn't be stale. You know, your Christianity shouldn't be stale. You shouldn't have a boring Christian life. That you ought to be experiencing the power of God on a regular basis. You, you ought to be praying for somebody on a regular basis. You ought to be laying hands on somebody on a regular basis. You ought to be sharing the gospel with somebody. How you expect to see a miracle if you ain't going to step out and believe God for a miracle for someone else? We want God to give us a miracle. God is saying, no, I want you to be a bridge for a miracle for someone else. Share the gospel with somebody. Pray for somebody this week. I'm telling you, if you pray for somebody, you won't ever live a boring Christian lifestyle. Step out in faith. 
Christianity shouldn't be dry. There should be a flow of the Holy Ghost, an anointing upon our life. He says, and whatever he does, he shall prosper. Someone say prosper. So my brothers and sisters, as we turn to the word of God this morning, this Psalms, particularly this passage of scripture, gives us a vivid picture of what a blessed Christian life looks like. When you look at this passage of scripture, uh, God, amongst other things, is trying to convey to us or paint a picture of what a blessed Christian life looks like. And I want us to be inspired by this picture. I want us to be inspired by this picture. And yea, I want us to even be challenged by this picture. I want us to, be, I want us to examine this picture and kind of line it up with our life. How many know the word of God is like a mirror? That we are to look at the word of God and see what our life is to be like, what our family is to be like, what our thought life is to be like. We are to look to the word of God like a mirror. And so I really believe, my brothers and sisters, that we cannot press forward into our future self if we don't know what it's supposed to look like. Like we should have a vision of what God's life for us should look like. Like there is a, a super blessed version of you awaiting for you. There's a super blessed version of you waiting to be manifested. And sometimes we need a picture of that blessed version of you. Are you following along this morning? Sometimes we need to be able to see it so that it inspires us, it challenges us, it drives us forward. I remember uh, when I was uh, serving a life sentence in prison and I was uh, kind of living out the 16 years that eventually that I would do in prison. At the very kind of beginning of when I begin to serve the Lord, uh, the Lord installed this in me. He installed this in me. I begin to write out. Uh, uh, I begin to write out kind of like the picture of the blessed life that I believed God one day would give me. Like I begin to search the scripture and, and for the most part, uh, I, begin to, I begin to write out a picture of, of the blessed life that I believe that one day, one day, God would kind of grant me in his mercy, in his, in his grace. And I remember I wrote down, I said, I want, I want, I want a beautiful wife. Hello, somebody. I want a, I want a beautiful, I, I didn't just think about that, but I wrote it down. I, I want a beautiful wife. And I, I, re, I remember I wrote down, I, I want, I want to be spiritually strong. I want, I want to be spiritually strong. I remember I, I wrote down, I want to be financially good. I want, I want to be financially good. I remember I wrote down, I want to, one day I want to be able to own a home. Like one day, like I was in a cell, but I had a vision of a home. Did, did you, anybody catch that? I was in a prison cell doing a life sentence, but I, I, had, a, I had a picture of a home. And I, I said, I, said, I, want, a, I want a home. Uh, I believe in God. I believe in God. One day, uh, he's going to bless me with a home. And I said, I, said I, want, I want three kids. Not three kids. I want three. Not four kids. I know some of y'all, some of y'all, uh, Pastor Irene, you have four kids. Praise God. You got that grace, right? And praise God for those five and six. But I, was, I just want three. And, and, then, and then I got a little bodacious. I got to confess to you. I got a little bodacious because I, I, I kind of threw in a dog. <laughs> and I know that really wasn't like literally scriptural, but I believe that if you're going to ask for a miracle, you might as well go all out, right? <laughs> like, don't, don't ask for a little miracle. I just, I just happened to be that kind of bodacious in my belief. Like, if I'm going to act, like, I was in prison and I was serving a life sentence, so to go home would have, would have, it was a miracle. So I said, if I'm going to ask for a miracle, I might as well put some, some extras uh, on them. So I said, I want, I said, I want, I want, I want, a, I want a dog. I want a dog. And I, I, I didn't just think about this vision. I didn't just think about this picture. I actually typed it out. And I actually printed it out. I'm going to tell you what else I did. Back then, so most of y'all didn't know me back then. None of y'all. Only Laura knew me back then. But back then, all my life was in 
a, a, like a four by four locker back then, all my life, like all my goods, you know how when you get married and all my earthly goods, I give to thee. <laughs> I, I, when I got married to Laura in 1997 in the prison visiting hall, uh, all I had was a locker and it wasn't even filled up. It had like top ramen noodles, <laughs> right? So, so, so all my life was in this four by four locker, but my vision wasn't in the locker. My vision wasn't in the locker. Are, is anybody picking on that? The picture, the picture of what I believe God was going to do for me wasn't in the locker. I taped it on outside of the locker. I taped it outside of the locker so that I could see it every single day. So that when hell and high water came my way and I was discouraged and distracted and bombarded with depression and, and, and whatever else the devil sent out my way, I could look at the vision and remind myself, one day in the name of Jesus, one day, one day in the name of Jesus, one day, sweet Jesus, one day, one day, one day, one day. And I, Man, uh, uh, a year passed by, two years, three years, ten years. One day, one day, just my, my responsibility is not to really get it done. My, my responsibility is just to trust. God is going to get it done in his timing, in his timing, right? One day. And then my wife and I would have this theme. We're, we're one day closer. We're one day closer. We, and, and let me tell you something. On a natural on a natural level, let me just confess something to y'all. On a natural level, that was a lie. I wasn't just one day closer. I was 15 years, and I didn't even know it was going to be 15 years. On a natural, right? Are you understand me? On the natural. But in the eyes of faith, we call things that are not as though they are. In the eyes of faith, we say, let God be true and every man a liar. Let God be true in every circumstance a liar. Let God be true and even what I could see before me a liar. Let God be true. And so one day, one day, I'm, I'm one day closer. And, and so this picture, right, I had this picture. And, and sometimes y'all need a picture. And part of my role as a Bible teacher, part of my role is every time you come, come to church is from the scripture is to help you see the picture of God for your life. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? That's part of my role as a Bible teacher is to take the word and kind of hopefully by the power of the Holy Spirit kind of help you see what God has for you. Because remember, if you could see it, it'll help you get it one day. If you could see it, it'll help you, you know, if you could see it in the scripture, it'll help you walk in it even though you might not have it. So I had this picture, and in God's timing, he'll, he'll do it. And I, I praise God by, by his mercy. Uh, eventually, I got that beautiful wife. And by God's mercy, eventually, I got the three kids. And my son is sitting right there. See, right there. He, my son is sitting in the back. <laughs> by God's mercy, I, eventually, I got the home. By God's mercy, and... And, and I, let me tell you something. God is so good. He does abundantly above all that you could ask or think because eventually I got the dog. Hello, somebody. Eventually I got the dog right here. His name is, his name is Tank right there. His name is Tank. And he acts like a lion sometimes. Low-budget lion. Low-budget lion. So, so we need to see, at least through the eyes of faith, what, what God wants us to be, right, what he wants us to be, and so today in this scripture, uh, I want to help us to see what God wants us to be, but don't remember, don't forget that we've been learning that it's prayer that is the driving force to transform your life to what he wants it to be. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Like, don't forget that God is not a genie, right? He's not your genie where you just say something and then boom. Like, no, 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 no. He, he has chosen a path to transform your life. He's, 
he, he's given us precepts and principles to follow, to transform our life. And prayer, we're learning, we're learning. Prayer is like the primary tool that God uses to transform uh, our life from what it is to what he wants it to be. That's what we're learning. Remember we're learning that? Remember I taught on Thursday night? Uh, I taught that prayer is God's tool for transformation. Remember we learned that? That prayer is God's tool for transformation. Remember we learned that the book of Psalms is the prayer book of God's people? It is the prayer book of God's people. For centuries, God's people have been praying the book of Psalms. So when we see this today, we don't just look at it and get excited over it. We got to take it to God in prayer. We got to take it to the altar of God. We got to spend time in, with this picture in prayer. For prayer is God's tool for transformation. What is transformation? It is the process of becoming more and more like Jesus. What is transformation? It is the process of becoming more and more like Jesus. Remember, the aim of the kingdom of God is transformation. The aim of the gospel is not to make you feel good. It's to transform you. The aim of the gospel is not to give you a bunch of money. It is to transform you. The aim of the gospel is not just to bless you, although God wants you blessed. But the aim of the gospel is to transform you. And God's tool for transformation is prayer. So the more you spend time in prayer, the more you allow God to transform you. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? The more you spend time in prayer, the more you allow God to transform you. Don't forget that Galatians 4.19 says, My little children, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. Notice what he says. He says, of whom I travail in birth. That speaks of prayer. What is he praying for? He's praying for Christ to be formed in you. Prayer is God's tool for transformation. Don't forget Jude chapter 1 verse 20. It says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. How do you build yourself up? Well, right there is when you give your life to prayer. When you spend time in prayer, God begins to transform you deeper and deeper. And don't forget, the book of Psalms is God's prayer book for his people. So again, we don't just read that picture in Psalms chapter 1 or just get excited over it, but we take it to the altar of God. And we say, God, this is what I'm praying about. This is what I'm pressing into because prayer is God's tool for transformation. There is a much stronger version of you waiting for you. There's a much wiser version of you waiting for you. There is a superior spiritual version of you awaiting for you. There's a much more powerful you waiting to come out of you. There's a much more anointed, a much more wiser version of you waiting to come out of you. When you look at prayer through this lens, now you know why. Now I know why the devil fights my prayer life. Now I know why he distracts me so much. Now I know why he diverts my attention so much. Because an attack on my prayer life is an attack on my transformation. An attack on my prayer life is an attack on my transformation. And let me let you in on a little secret. Listen, the devil is intimidated by the future you. He's intimidated by the more stronger you. He's intimidated by the more anointed you, the more wiser you, the more holy you. And so he works to distract us from our prayer life. But guess what? We serve and everybody notice there's over 30 prayer stations a week at Chapel of Change and some on Zoom. So you don't even have to brush your teeth. You just turn around, hit a button, and you pray. 
not going to have any excuse. Not on the day of judgment. I'm going to say, I'm going to hold up this flyer. God, see that. So prayer is God's tool for transformation. So getting back to Psalms chapter 1, verse 2, what is this picture? This picture that we are to pray into of this blessed Christian life. One, number one, someone say number one. A blessed Christian is like a tree. Someone say tree. Look at verse 3. I get it out of verse 3. It says, he shall be like a tree. Someone say tree. Now, there's some wisdom in this. There's a reason why God, the, you know, the Holy Spirit chooses this metaphor, this, this word tree, because he's trying to paint a picture. He's trying to convey some truth into our life. Uh, there, there's a reason why he says a blessed person or he shall be like a tree. Number one is because, believe it or whether you realize it or not, God loves trees. God loves trees. Did you know, think about this with me. Other than people and God, trees are the most mentioned living thing in the Bible. Other than people and God, trees are the most mentioned living thing in the Bible. Listen, think about this for a second. There are trees on the first page of the Bible, and there are trees mentioned on the very last page of the Bible. The Bible begins with trees and it ends with trees. For example, Genesis chapter 2 verse 9. It says, the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground. Trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. The Bible begins with trees and it ends with trees. What is he doing? He's trying to paint a picture. He's trying to convey some truth on how our life should be like. Did you know that in several places in the Bible, the Bible teaches that our lives should be like trees? In several places of the Bible, for example, Psalms 52 verse 8, it says, But as for me, I am like a green olive tree in the house of the Lord or God. See, a blessed Christian is like a tree. Not a stick, not a stick, not a shrub, not a stump, and oftentimes not even a flower. It says a tree. What does this teach us? What is he trying to convey? Why does he use this metaphor of a tree? Well, a tree speaks of being stable. It speaks of being stable. It speaks of being sturdy. It speaks of being solid. A tree speaks of being stable, sturdy, and solid. Does that describe us? Remember, we're looking at the Word of God like a mirror now. We're looking to the Word of God uh, to see how our life is supposed to line up with, right? Because the Word of God is a mirror. A trees are providers. Trees are providers. They provide food. They provide shade. They provide protection. They provide resources. Trees are our providers. Food, shade, protection, resources. Think about this with me. Almost everything in this sanctuary was provided by a tree. Hello, somebody. Think about this with me. Almost everything in this sanctuary, from this pulpit to your pews, part of it was produced by a tree. They're, they're providers. They're providers. See, a tree blesses everything around it. A tree blesses everything around it. You know what the Lord told me some years ago, about maybe 10 years ago? You know what the Lord told me? Brian, you can't be the only one blessed. That's what the Lord told me a couple, about 10 years ago. I remember when we first uh, started the church, or before we started the church, uh, I was casting vision on what Chapel of Change was going to look like and what it was going to do, and like we're going to give fresh hope to our uh, generation, and we're going to, you know, believe God to save people and redeem people and deliver people, and and people started uh, investing. In our vision, they started investing. And I remember 
I, I was called to several different houses, and they would call, put me in their living room. They said, Brian, you know what? I believe in what God is going to do in your life. I believe that, that God is going to use you in a significant way. Here, here's a check for like $1,000. Here's a check for like $1,500. And people started investing in the vision, even way back then, uh, of Chapel of Change, just like we're investing today, particularly in the men's home, right? We're going to invest in, in, the, in the king's men home. But way back then they were they were investing in, and i remember about a year after we started chapel of change uh on my facebook page one of my fast uh, pastor friends he was moving out of his rented facility and gonna buy a church building and he was kind of casting that vision of moving out of his uh, rented facility and to buy his own bu building and i did what most of us do i just kept scrolling down Hello, somebody. I just kept scrolling down. And then I seen it like twice, and I just scrolled down twice. And then until finally the Lord kind of like slapped me upside the head and said, Brian, you can't be the only one blessed. I didn't bless you just so the blessing could stay with you. I didn't, bless, I, didn't, I didn't bless you just so that the blessing could stay with you. In fact, I got it to you so that I could work it through you. I got it to you so I could work it through you. And if I can't get it through you, then eventually I'm going to stop getting it to you. Hello, somebody. When I start rhyming, the Holy Ghost is all over this. And so that was one of the first times, probably the first time, I personally gave a significant amount to somebody, a significant amount of money to somebody else's vision because God convicted me and said, Brian, you cannot be the only one blessed. If I can get it through you, I'll get it to you. So trees are providers. Someone shout amen. I'm called to be a tree. I'm called to be a tree. Our church needs disciples like trees. Our families need fathers like trees. Our nation needs leaders like trees. God promised to make us like trees. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 3, it says, To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of a mourning, festive praise instead of uh, despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. So the next time you go to God in prayer, make that part of your prayer. Lord, make me like a tree. The second thing I'll point out. Is that a blessed Christian is planted. Someone say planted. planted. Notice what it says. It says he shall be like a tree planted. Someone say planted. planted. Now this also speaks of being stable. It speaks of being stable. Meaning when you apply it to our life, it's like, you know, I, I, I prayerfully, I, I'm stable emotionally. I'm stable financially. I'm stable spiritually. I'm stable uh, relationally, right? That, that should be our, our kind of like our prayer that, that, Lord, make me stable emotionally. Make me stable financially. Make me stable spiritually. Make me stable relationally. Because reality is no one wants to be a part of someone's life that is unstable. No one wants to be a part of someone's life that is unstable. Uh, planted speaks of being committed. It speaks of being consistent. Like, like I'm committed in what I'm doing. I'm consistent in what I do. I'm not wishy-washy. I, I, I'm not inconsistent. I'm not, I'm not here one day and gone the next. I'm planted. I said I'm planted. That should be our prayer. That should be our confession. I'm planted. Why is this so important? It's because you're only as strong as you are planted. You're only as strong as you are planted. In Psalms 92 verse 12, it says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Notice, there's a connection between being planted and flourishing. 
There's a connection between being planted and growing. There's power in being planted. There's an anointing that flows when you're planted. You're able to bear fruit when you're planted. Jesus used the word, the synonymous word called abide. Someone say abide. He said in John 15, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides, someone say abides, abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. See, you can't bear fruit if you're always jumping around. You can't bear fruit if you're always jumping around from one job to another, from one relationship to another, from one goal to another, or even one church to another. Hello, somebody. Or even one church from another. Listen, it's all right to visit churches, but listen, it's more important that you be planted. You gotta be planted in the house of the Lord. You need to get planted. When you're planted, you give. God time to work in your life. When you're planted, you give God space to work in your life. Some of y'all have been exploring Chapel of Change for maybe, you know, six months, three months. You've been kind of coming and, and you're, you're getting the word. You're, you're being touched by the Holy Spirit. But listen, I'm, I'm here to let you know it's time to get planted. It's time to get rooted in the house of the Lord. It's time to put your roots down and allow God to do a new season in your life, something significantly different in your life. Get planted. Someone say planted. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Let nothing move you. Don't let personality move you. Don't let failure move you. Don't let grievances move you. Don't let somebody else's sin move you. If God has called you to a particular place and the Holy Spirit has already confirmed it to you and you're growing in the Lord and you're being nourished by the Lord, then it's time to make a decision and get planted. Someone scream planted. Here's the last part of the picture that I'll bring out today. A blessed Christian is planted by rivers of water. Notice that phrase. It's not just planted anywhere. Better do your research. I tell people all the time, even people that uh, come and visit our church, before you join our church, do your research. You don't just join a church. You go study what they're about. You study their mission, their vision. You study if they have the Holy Spirit operating in their, in their midst. Study if they're teaching the word. Study if they have a vision to evangelize. Study if they have a vision to disciple. Study if they have a vision to be a blessing to the world. You got you to gotta research. Study if they have a loving heart, if they're, if they're moving forward. Not if they're perfect because no one's perfect, but if they're going the right direction. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? So he said, don't get just planted anywhere. He says, he shall be like a, a tree planted by the rivers of water. Notice that word rivers is plural. It's plural. Because there's multiple rivers that you could draw life from in the kingdom of God. Ultimately, it's one river, but it flows kind of like in different streams. But there's multiple kind of rivers slash streams in the kingdom of God that we could draw life from. Remember, what does a river speak of in the Bible? What is it a metaphor for in the Bible? A river is a source of life. It is a source of life. It is a metaphor for a source of life. I remember there was a season where my kids and I used to watch the TV show Man versus Wild. Man versus Wild. It had a star by the name of Bear Grylls. And what they would do is they would, they would drop Bear Grylls into the middle of either a desert or a jungle or somewhere far away. And it was his responsibility to survive in that place and to somehow find civilization. And my kids and I would watch, you know, dozens of these shows. And one thing that I learned from that show that Bear Grylls teaches that no matter where you're at, no matter where you find yourself lost at, no matter where you find yourself wandering at, you better stop and you better listen for the sound of the river. 
stop and listen for the sound of the river. And he says, when you hear the direction of the river, I don't care what direction it is, you better drop everything you got in your hands, you better drop everything you're thinking about in your mind, and you better run toward the river. You better, you better book toward the river. Get to the river. Someone say, get to the river. I said, get to the river. Why? Because there's life at the river. There's life at the river. There's power at the river. There's refreshing in the river. There's healing in the river. If you want, if you want to thrive in life, we need to live by the river of God. Ezekiel 47 verse 9 says, for they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. There's healing at the river of God. There's life at the river of God. So they'll be healed. Everything will live. Is your life dying out? Are you feeling weak? Is your strength being drained? You better get to the river of God. And there are different streams of that river. And how many know there's a river in the house of God? How many know there's a river in the house of God? In Psalms 36 verse 8 it says, they feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from your river of delight. They feast in the abundance of your house. I shared with the 1230 service last Sunday that every time you come to Chapel of Change, you better come with a, a, with a, a hunger in your soul. You better come with a, a hunger in your soul, a high level of hunger in your soul. Why? Because God will only feed you to the level you're hungry. God will only feed you to the level of your hunger. And listen, there's a river flowing at Chapel of Change. And this river has power. It has nutrients. It has deliverance. It has healing. But you better come hungry. You better drive to the house of the Lord saying, Lord, I believe you're going to touch my life today. I believe you're going to touch my mind today. I believe you're going to touch my kids today. I believe today is the day my son is going to get saved. Today is the day my daughter is going to get saved. Today is the day my family is going to be restored. I'm coming with a hunger for you, oh God. Feed me, oh Lord. Someone say, feed me, oh Lord. There's a river. There's a river in the house of the Lord. There's a, I want to just remind you, there's a river when the worship team leads us in worship. There's a river in worship. Every time the worship team comes up, there's a, there's a source of the Holy Ghost right here in the spiritual realm. And the river is flowing right to you. That's why I encourage you, don't just, don't just put your toe in the river. Don't, don't just dip in the river. No, some of y'all have been broken by the world. Some of y'all have been hurt. You come into the house of the Lord with a broken heart. You can't afford to just put your toe in the river and just, I'm going to sing. I'm going to just sing a pretty little song to God. No. Some of y'all better, you better, you better jump off the high dive and do a cannonball. And I don't care if you know how to sing or you don't know how to sing. Or if you know how to clap or if you don't know how to clap. You better jump in the river. Jump in the river. There's a river that flows when the worship team is leading us in worship. Engage in the river. Engage in the river. I keep my soul by the river of God. And as a father, as a father, it's my responsibility to lead my family to the river of God. As a father... It is my responsibility whether they want to come or they don't want to come. Whether they have an attitude or don't want or have an attitude. As a father, it is my responsibility to bring my family to the river of God. And we're going to camp out at the river. We're going to dive in the river. We're going to do some backslip in the river. I got a responsibility. You have a responsibility. I think of Joseph in the Bible. You remember him in Genesis chapter 37? He was backstabbed by his brothers. He was lied upon. He was betrayed. He was abandoned. Remember that story? Yet he never blamed God. 
He never allowed his anger to turn into bitterness. And I wonder, how did he endure such backstabbing? How did he endure such pain? Here's part of the answer. He kept his soul by the river. He kept his soul by the river. In Genesis chapter 49, verse 22, it says, Son of a fruitful tree is Joseph. Son of a fruitful tree by a fountain. That's the river. How did he endure such pain? He kept his soul by the river. How did he endure the years in prison? He kept his soul by the river. How did he endure the backbiting? He kept his soul by the river. How did he endure the betrayal? He kept his soul by the river. A couple years ago, my family and I drove up to Redding, California. We rented an Airbnb and had some time away. And in Redding, I learned that there's like a river that flows through that city. So when you drive the community, you'll see a river like just rolling right by you, a little river. And we just happened to go during the time where California announced that there was a severe drought in California. And they were painting an awful picture. They were, there's a drought, there's not enough water, reserve, pull back. Don't use your water. And when you, when you drove deeper into the city where like the mall is at or Kentucky Fried Chicken is at, you see the trees are kind of dried up. You see the, the, the grass is kind of turning brown because it's drying up. But what was fascinating is when you drove to the community where the river was at, you look at the trees and the trees were strong. The trees were, were kind of like flourishing and they were tall. And you know what I thought? You know what I learned, I should say? Even though there was a drought outwardly, those trees didn't know anything about no drought. The trees by the river didn't know anything about a drought. You could try to talk to them about a drought all day long. There's a drought in the community. You got to pull back. There's things that are going wrong. And I bet you that tree will say, I don't know what you're talking about. I feel strong today. My heart is good today. My life is blessed today. I am anointed today. I got fresh power today. I got fresh hope today. Why? Why? Here's the answer. That tree was by the river. My brothers and sisters, I don't care what's going on in the world. I don't care what's going outside of your windows. If you stay by the river, you won't know what a drought means. You won't know what a drought is about. So my encouragement for us as we learn this picture, let's take it to the Lord. Lord, make me a tree. Lord, plant me. Plant me, God. I don't, I don't want to just keep moving around. This is it. I'm, I'm planting. I'm putting the stake in the ground because I, got, I want God to move deeply in my life. I want, I want God to move deeply in my family. So I'm, I'm getting planted. I'm not just getting planted anywhere. I'm getting planted by the river. So I'm expecting I'm expecting God to move. I'm expecting God to work. I'm, I'm already feeling him right now. And I'm, I'm expecting to get filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm expecting to see God's hand upon my life. Why? Not because I'm wise. Not because I'm strong. Not because I got intellect. Because it's because I'm by, I'm by the river. Let's bow our heads in the presence of the Lord as the worship team comes up. Just for a couple moments. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want us to reflect upon the word of the Lord, reflect upon this picture. Let's reflect upon this prayer. With every head bowed and every eye closed, as the worship team comes and just plays softly in the background, let's think. Let's reflect. Let's meditate upon the word of God.
every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to do a, a special altar call today. I want to do an altar call for those who God is leading you to be planted in this church. And I want you to think about if that's you. Is God leading you to be planted, to be committed to the house of the Lord? There's a river. Think about if that's you, because in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond by, to God and kind of publicly before the Lord say, Lord, I'm going to be planted. I'm going to be planted. And I want to pray over you for this new season of your life. pray over you for this new season. In fact, I want to call up Pastor Laura. Pastor Laura, come up here. Come up here, please. Everybody else, just remain in atmosphere of prayer. We are a praying church. We need you to pray. God wants you to pray. This is an important part of our time together. Just pray. Ask God to move. Ask God to heal. Ask God to help. But if you're in the house today and the Lord has been dealing with you to make a commitment to get planted in the house of the Lord, in a moment I'm going to call you forward and we're going to pray over you for a new season, new anointing, new opportunity, new strength. Even if you haven't took our membership seminar, but you've been coming for a while, you, you already kind of, you, you know what, a little bit about what we're about. Eventually, you'll have to take the membership seminar just to dive a little bit deeper. But this is between us and God right now and as a community. Maybe you haven't made a commitment to the house of God. But today, you're going to make a commitment to the house of the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Or maybe you need to make a recommitment to the house of the Lord. God, I'm going to recommit to your house. I'm going to recommit to being planted. I got distracted. I went astray, but I come back to the house of the Lord. If that's you this morning, anybody who needs to make a commitment to get planted in the house of the Lord, we want to pray for you. And at this moment, I want to invite you to the altar this morning. Just come. Just come to the altar. And I'm going to ask my wife, Lord, just to pray over you. Come to the altar. Come to the altar. Spread out. Spread out at the altar. Spread out at the altar. Come. Spread out the altar. Uh, Sister Queenie, if you could just kind of lead in a chorus. Hallelujah, come to the altar. You want to make a commitment to the house of the Lord. Make a commitment to the house of the Lord. Hallelujah, come to the altar, come to the altar. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. I want to ask some of our leaders just to join the group. Even if uh, you've been a volunteer for a long time, I want, to, I want to ask you to just join the group up here as a le level of support. Worship team, if any of you down there, just come. Hallelujah, Lord. Making a commitment to the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. It's a new season. New strength. New opportunities.
Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Making a commitment to the house of the Lord. Making a commitment to what God is doing at Chapel of Change. Making a commitment to impact the world with the gospel. Hallelujah. lead you in a simple prayer of commitment and then my wife is going to pray over all of you and then after we pray and we conclude this moment in prayer I want all our volunteers or leaders I want us to just greet everybody at the altar just welcome them welcome them welcome them can we do that together just welcome we're going to take a moment of just welcoming each other and then we'll transition our our service. Everyone else, just remain in the atmosphere of prayer. The God is not done yet. He could still touch you in the seats. He could still touch you. He's not done moving in your life. But those who came to the altar, I want to lead you in a simple prayer of commitment. Say this prayer with me. Lord God, I come back to your house and I make a decision to be planted in the house of the Lord. Lord God, I make a decision to serve the house of the Lord. Lord God, I make a decision to be committed to what you're doing in this generation. Help me, Lord, to serve you. Help me, Lord, to serve your house. Help me, Lord, to stay planted in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, would you pray over them? Fresh anointing, fresh season. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. And I thank you, God, that you are a faithful God, one who is committed to your people. And I ask God that you would just pour out just a spirit of faithfulness, a spirit of steadfastness and perseverance to commit to being planted, oh God, even in the hard times and in the good times. I thank you that through commitment we are fortified and we are strengthened, God. We are able to see every angle and the bigger picture of what you have for our life. I thank you, God, that you give us perspective when we can look back and see how far we were and how far we've come. I ask God that you would strengthen our soul, even through the tears, even through the confusion, no matter what season we find ourselves today. I ask God that you would strengthen them once again, God, that you would give them a desire to remain in you, oh God, and to remain committed to the place that you planted them, Lord God. I thank you, God, that when we are planted, we are able to grow. We are able to flourish and we are able to thrive. I thank you, God, that you planted us in good soil, a soil that has been watered by prayer, by prayer and by many spiritual disciplines, not just for the sake of the discipline, but you've given us understanding that the purpose of these disciplines are to transform us and to get us to become more and more like you, Jesus. So help us, Lord, to engage. Help us to stay. Help us to see with the eyes of faith to know that you are taking us from faith to faith and glory to glory, that we are being transformed from where we were into who you desire us to be. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you, God, and I thank you even in our seasons that each of us find ourselves in right now. I thank you, God, for the season, whether it's a season of mourning or a season of dancing, whether it's a season of tearing or a season of sowing, God, I thank you that you are faithful through it all. And by faith, we believe we will see a new harvest 
in our life and in our family. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 My brother, look at me for a second. Look at me for a second. No more vagabond spirit upon your life, bro. In the name of Jesus. No more vagabond spirit upon your life in the name of Jesus. Broken right now in the name of Jesus. Broken right now. You're not a vagabond. You're a son. You're a son. You're a son. I'm just reinforcing that in your heart. You're a son of the Most High God. Ain't no vagabond. You got the Spirit of the Lord inside of you. You got the Spirit of the Lord inside of you. The Spirit of the Lord inside of you. You're part of a mission that is bigger than you. A mission that's been around for 2,000 years. The Church of the Living God. The Kingdom of God. May the Lord bless your next season in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Say that one more time. Say that again. Say that again. Tell me it again. In the middle uh -huh. of the aisle, uh -huh. the spiritual river uh -huh. the rapid river to receive. Okay, okay. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand. Praise. Now do me a favor. Do me a favor. As we go back to our seats, I want you to high five somebody i want you to shake somebody's hand hug somebody if it's appropriate amen but as you go back to your seat envision the river getting in the river in jesus name you're getting in the river you're getting in the river come on somebody let's praise the lord amen river is flowing the river is flowing the river is flowing one of our church mothers one of our church mothers she she operates in the prophetic she said the river is flowing about three feet up in here in Jesus name she said the river is flowing about three feet up in here so the river is flowing someone shout the river is flowing someone shout the river is flowing take your seat in the presence of the Lord. Did anybody receive something from the Lord today? Anybody learn something today? Amen. Amen. Just want to, before we transition to our tithes and offerings, that vagabond spirit has been broken. That vagabond spirit has been broken in the name of Jesus. That wandering spirit has been broken in the name of Jesus. That orphan spirit has been broken in the name of Jesus. Someone say Jesus. Someone say Jesus. Amen. Amen. We are going to transition uh, to respond to the Lord through our tithes and our offerings. We're going to have an opportunity to worship the Lord through our giving. I want to call up the ushers up forward as we prepare to give unto the Lord. Remember, our giving is a response to God's grace. Our giving is a response to His mercy. Our giving is a response to His work in our life. So we give unto the Lord because He first gave to us. Uh, as we prepare to give, a couple announcements to make. There are several ways to give. You can give online at chapelofchange.org. If you're watching right now, you want to give back to the Lord, go to our webpage, hit the giving statement. Very simple to give. You can give today through an envelope. Uh, you just put your offering in the envelope, uh, and then we'll collect it. You can give through a debit card today in the lobby. If you want to give through a debit card after service in the lobby, someone will help facilitate that to you. There's also a text option to give as well. A couple of special announcements to make. How many getting ready? How many ready for a revival? Yeah. Revival. Someone shout revival. revival. We have flyers back there that we need to get away. So get them flyers. Pass it out to somebody. Just want to remind you that we've been praying. We're praying all month long in part for this revival. And we're going to believe God for deliverance. We're going to believe God to save our friends, our, our loved ones. We're going to believe God for our own hearts going to heal us more, fill us freshly with the Holy Spirit. I'm believing God that he's going to baptize some people in the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm believing some, some are going to get baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Amen. We're just going to believe God 
So whatever it is that you need from God, I encourage you from now until then, take it a prayer and, and increase your level of expect, expectation. We got two minister, powerful ministers coming those two nights. They minister in the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember, the first night is here on a Friday night at our Paramount location. Um, we're going to actually do baptism, water baptisms that night. So if you have not been water baptized, sign up. Sign up because that night we're going to have the water baptism right here and we're going to celebrate that night. The second night is at our Whittier in the city of Whittier. Now, I want to kind of make clear, I, we've got to over-communicate this, that the Whittier Revival were renting a bigger church that night, just for that night in downtown or uptown Whittier. So it's not at our regular location. Get the address on the flyer, but just note that uh, so that you don't go to the wrong place. And then I just want to just re communicate that we're going to give a special offering in them two nights that is going to go towards the Kingsman Discipleship Home. So pray. Pray about what the Lord will have you to give. Again, we're looking to raise the down payment for the home, but we're also in need of a van to purchase a van so that we could transport the men to the various locations that they need to go. So we're believing God to provide through the church my wife and I will lead the way through the giving. Uh, we're not asking you to do something that we're not doing, but we're just asking in the name of Jesus that you follow along. Now remember, it's not equal giving. It's never equal giving, but it's equal sacrifice. Whatever, however the Lord calls you to sacrifice. So we're going to pray over the offering. We're going to collect the offering, and then I'm going to come back and dismiss with a blessing. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the ability to give. We worship through this giving. In the name of Jesus, we give. Amen. Let's give unto the Lord. dismiss with a blessing. If you need extra prayer, leaders will be at the altar after we dismiss. In the name of the Father who loves you with an endless love, in the name of the Son who died that you can live, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who lets the river flow and flow and flow, may you go this week with the river flowing in your life. In Jesus' name, God bless you.